Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a new bank rate study finds more than two-thirds of us have made financial sacrifices in our own lives when our grown children are in a money crunch. But are we really helping? What are the risks, and when should we expect them to be able to stand on their own? We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, happening around town, City Mission is putting the pedal down on a brand new event this coming weekend, the Break the Cycle of Homelessness Bicycle Tour. We'll get details. And spring has sprung. Beauty and lifestyle expert Grace Gold shares what you need. Transition to sunshine and warmer weather. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, April 17th, 2023. So we always have to have something to be worried about, right? Every every day there's a new story about something that we should be worried about or fearful of or both and uh, have a couple of those stories uh, today. First of all, a new study from Spain finds that 40%, 40% of the meats, uh, meat products in your refrigerator uh, could be contaminated with E. coli. 40% of chicken, turkey, beef, and pork products, some of those strains could be resistant or are resistant to antibiotics, they say. The study analyzed 100 meat products, including 25 samples of chicken, turkey, beef, and pork from random supermarkets. And they found uh, that some 40% were infected with strains of E. coli at the supermarket. So there's nothing you can do uh, to prevent that from getting into your own uh, into your own refrigerator. Now, they do offer some advice. Uh, they say not breaking the cold chain from the supermarket to home uh, will be a way to keep this from spreading. Obviously, cooking meat thoroughly, storing it properly in the refrigerator, and disinfecting your utensils, like knives and chopping boards and so on, that are used to prepare raw meat, uh, will help uh, lower the uh, spread of uh, E. coli. But 40% of uh, meats uh, infected was... Now, again, this was a uh, study in Spain, but still, uh, it's something that we... All need to be worried about, scared about, and, and concerned over uh, on this uh, Monday morning. So, you're welcome. Always want to make sure that we start with the uh, with the stories that you have to be fearful of and concerned about. Um, if that's not enough, how about this? I think we all love the smell of a new car, right? Is there anything better than getting a new car and you sit in just the, the smell, the aroma of a new car. It's impossible to replicate. Well, unfortunately, a new study from Harvard University and the Beijing Institute of Technology finds that cancer-causing chemicals are responsible for that new car smell, that aroma. The scent usually is associated it says the scent usually associated with a new ride is a combination of leather and plastic that becomes more intense in heat. Uh, sitting in a car with new car smell for just half an hour every day can result in dangerous levels of exposure. 
I'm sorry, I probably didn't emphasize that properly. Let me do that again. Sitting in a car with a new car smell for just half hour a day can result in dangerous levels of exposure. Is that better? Is that, is that properly inflected? We the proper emphasis on the dangerous levels of exposure. The study involved monitoring the concentration of chemicals in new cars while they were parked outside. And scientists, well, because, you know, on a dealer's lot, uh, the cars are outside. They don't keep them all indoors. They don't have a big, huge garage where they keep all of the cars uh, inside. So they're out there in the sun, and that contributes to the new car smell. Scientists found that uh, levels of chemicals formaldehyde and acetaldehyde. <laughs> I know I messed that up, but it's early in the morning. You'll forgive me. Um, they, uh, the, the levels were higher than what is considered acceptable and uh, non uh, and, and not dangerous. They were higher. They were into that dangerous uh, level. Um, believe it or not, at least one car maker has already begun the process of trying to remove the smell. Ford is trying to do something about that. But I don't know. I mean, again, this is one of the things we love about new cars. And if new cars didn't have the new car smell, would that hurt sales? I guess Ford will find out if they need the new car smell. I can't imagine buying a new car without the new car smell, but... So did you hear about this? Montana has become the first state to pass a bill banning TikTok. And not just on government devices. I think many states, including Ohio, I think, have, uh, have banned TikTok on official government uh, devices and so on. But Montana has gone one step further. They have banned it outright. You are not allowed. If you're in Montana, you are not allowed to have TikTok on your personal device. The bill makes it illegal for app stores to allow the option to download the social media app in their state, as well as banning the company from operating in Montana. It does not make having the app illegal for those who already use it, but you could no longer download it, and the company could no longer legally operate in Montana. The bill now heads to the desk of Republican Governor uh, Greg Gianforte, who is expected to sign it, and there are rumors that that may push the federal government to uh, address the issue because this would be very difficult on a state-by-state basis uh, to to ban TikTok. But Montana has gone ahead and done that. So we've heard about that story in the news. Montana is the first state to outright ban TikTok. Um, And maybe it's a good thing. I mean, you know, we spend so much time on our devices. We are just so... um, I don't know, what's the word that I'm looking for? We're just so addicted. I hate to use the word addicted because it seems like everything is an addiction these days. So I hate to use the word addicted, but it does seem like we are addicted to our devices. A survey coming out of Great Britain has found that the average person, get this, we talk about a a screen addiction. The average person scrolls 519 inches a day. You think about this. You have your mobile device and you're just scrolling through your news feed. You're scrolling through Facebook. You're scrolling through Twitter. You're scrolling through you know all of these things. We scroll 519 inches a day. That equates out. You do the math. It equates to 1,361 feet per month, which is more than the height of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Every month, 
Um, this is a study of 2,000 adults found 10% spent over five hours on their cell phones per day, which adds up to 75 days a year. Again, if you do the math. Excessive smartphone use is linked to uh, headaches, dry eye, something called mobile phone elbow, which is tingling or numbness in the fingers. One in three of those who participated in this study suffered mental health impacts due to mobile phone use, including anxiety, productivity issues, and even difficulty sleeping. And I just thought that was uh, amazing. The takeaway from this uh, story was that we scroll 519 inches a day, 1,361 feet per month, more than the height of the Eiffel Tower per month. <laughs> That's pretty amazing when you think about it. It really is. Um, and uh, by the way, speaking of all things online and technology and all of that. Everybody's been buzzing about uh, artificial intelligence, these AI chatbots, and all of the things they can do, and whether it's always a good thing. Well, there is a new app, a new interactive app, that talk about banning TikTok, maybe talk about banning this one. I'm not really sure about that. Opinions are mixed over this um, in the online community. This new interactive app, that reportedly, through the use of AI, allows mourners to talk to the dead. I kid you not, that is what this app is. It's called Hereafter AI, which creates digital replicas of the voice and personality of deceased loved ones. So if you're missing, uh, you know, your dad your mom, your grandpa, your grandma, you know, whatever. Any deceased loved ones, this will recreate the voice and personality of that individual so that you can, quote-unquote, talk to them after they have passed. Uh, Joe Vukov is a Catholic philosopher, says, having a way to keep people around who we've lost is well-intentioned, but... He cautions that people are more than just this abstract intelligence. There is a uh, the promotion of the, of the app. There is a video online of a woman meeting a simulation of her deceased mother that has gone viral with more than 30 million views on YouTube. I have not seen this, but uh, I don't know. Would you? Is that, is that a bridge too far? Is that crossing the line? Of uh, artificial intelligence is just too much? I'm thinking maybe. Make of that what you will. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Emcheck. Your WTOL 11 weather. A chance of rain and snow showers today. It'll be windy. A high around 40. Mostly cloudy tonight. A low in the mid 30s. The Finley Fire Department recently conducted some boat drills to get back up to speed for when water rescues are necessary this spring and summer. Battalion Chief Matt Cooper reminds boaters that the trash cans at the reservoir are color-coded. A lot of times we go out there because it's such a big body of water, it's hard to see all the way across or in different corners. And we want to get to the people quicker when obviously they're in distress. So 
color coding those barrels was good information to give to the 911 dispatcher to let us know kind of where you're at. And then when we launch, we can come straight to that side. You can see video of the fire department conducting some boat drills on Lake Cascades and get more of our conversation with the battalion chief with this story on our website. After five derailments in Ohio over the past few months, Ohio U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown is pushing for passage of the Railway Safety Act. That's why Senator Brown says he and J.D. Vance introduced the Bipartisan Railway Safety Act of 2023. We look at the world very differently on big issues, but this is one where we agree on to finally take on the rail lobby and make trains safer. The bill calls for several changes like adding safety requirements, advance notice for routes when a train is carrying toxic material, more frequent inspections and higher fines for violations. I'm Andrew Kinsey. A name change is coming to the home of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns and First Energy Stadium are splitting. They're mutually ending their naming rights agreement. This is after a federal conviction for former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder tied to being bribed by First Energy officials. So the stadium will now return to its former name, Cleveland Browns Stadium. I'm Stephanie Haney. The Second Chance Coalition of Hancock County is inviting the public to an awareness event this week. The Second Chance Coalition says many formerly incarcerated individuals strive to be fully contributing members of their communities and struggle to overcome the stigma of having a criminal record. Attendees of the event will hear personal accounts of starting over from local individuals wanting to encourage others to not give up. The event will be on Thursday from 10 to 2 at the dock at St. Mark's United Methodist Church in Findlay. Remember, you can always get more news online at WFIN.com. So our cover story this morning talking about a new bank rate study released just in the past week that finds two-thirds of parents with adult children have made financial sacrifices in their own lives to help out when their grown kids are experiencing a money crunch. Joining us with more on this study is senior industry analyst Ted Rossman. Now, Ted, at first glance, one might think... This is nothing new. I think we can all remember times when we were younger that our parents helped us out financially. But what raises some concern here is the level of sacrifice, the level of their own sacrifice that these parents are making. That's right. Yeah, we found that about half of these parents of adult children say that they sacrifice their emergency savings or debt payoff efforts. 43% say supporting their adult children has been detrimental to their retirement savings. Wow. 31% say that these sacrifices are significant. So it's really putting a big dent in some of these other financial priorities. So, yeah, I mean, our parents were always willing to help us out when they had the means to do so. But I can remember my parents when I was younger, actually turning me down when they couldn't afford to help. And it appears that's the part that many parents, a significant number at least, are either unwilling or unable to do. It reminds me of that saying on the airplane about putting your oxygen mask on before helping others. Yeah. I know that we want to be empathetic. We want to help our kids. And there are a lot of real financial pressures facing young adults. I mean, let's face it, it is harder nowadays to pay off these large student loan burdens and rent is way up and home costs are way up. So it's definitely expensive, but it's expensive at the other end of the spectrum, too. Right. Boomers are facing really high health care costs and having to support some pretty hefty bills in retirement or, or maybe they're still working. You know, I think that it is important to 
strike that balance between being empathetic, being helpful, but not putting your own finances at risk and also not enabling a failure to launch. I mean, that's another thing where you may offer a little bit of help for a certain amount of time, but you don't want this to go on forever and ever. Yeah. Uh, so a, a lot here to digest in these numbers. And I suppose, you know, we should uh, obviously point out every parent has to ask themselves if it's really worth it. But it does raise the question of whether or not we are really helping if you kind of zoom out and look at the big picture. And another reason why we raise this point is you're finding in the study that low Low-income households are actually more likely to have made these financial sacrifices than higher-earning households. That's right. Yeah, 58% who make under $50,000 a year have sacrificed for their adult children financially. 46% of those with six-figure incomes or higher have done so. I think it does make sense. I mean, that's probably where the need is greatest at the lower end of the income spectrum. And those folks also have less money to go around. I think if you want to help your kids, that's great. And that's generous, but don't offer more than you can afford to lose. And also consider some strict guidelines. You know, maybe you have a certain time frame in mind and you communicate that, or maybe there's a certain amount of assistance you can offer, and maybe it's even tailored for certain types of bills. The point is that you don't want to be a blank check. And I think that it's also really important to have your adult kids to have some skin in the game. So, you know, if they're living with you, maybe they kick in for rent or for utilities or groceries. Maybe you even set that money aside and it's a a freedom fund. That's, you know, the starting point for their future security deposit on an apartment. That could be a nice compromise. You raise a good point that it may be uh, that these parents are putting themselves in a money crunch, not necessarily because they are uh, financially helping their adult uh, children with money per se, but just living at home and absorbing all of those extra expenses that come along with that. And so, you know, in that situation, it might even be more complicated because it's not quite as obvious. Some of this can happen very gradually over time, and it is important to take a step back and realize that inflation's pinching everybody. I mean, right now, we're all dealing with increased costs in so many areas, and that's part of why the need is there. I mean, that's part of why young adults are looking for help, but it's also something that their parents are wrestling with. And I do worry about the need to finance your retirement costs, for example, including healthcare and other things. And there's a risk to helping too much that you might end up having to come back to your kids later on for a loan, or you might just not be serving them well in the sense that part of your duty as a parent is to help your kids become self-sufficient. So Mm -hmm. you want to be helpful to a point, but not too much. Yeah. And 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 again, I think that's important to emphasize. We're not saying that as parents, we shouldn't help out our kids when they're struggling. But uh, I like the analogy that you used about the advice we get on an airplane when they tell you to put on your own oxygen mask before you help others. And again, everyone has to make their own decision about when and how much to help their kids. But like you were saying, there are a lot of factors that you want to uh, kind of consider before doing so and what that help looks like and whether uh, this is a gift or a loan, do you expect it to be paid back? All of these things uh, that, you know, in addition to creating financial issues for the parents, 
uh, also can lead to awkward situations that may come up later and can drive a wedge in the parent-child relationship. That's right. Yeah, we found in a different study that about half of people who've lent money to family or friends had something go wrong. Either somebody lost money or their credit score was damaged or their relationship was damaged. Sure. So we want to be mindful of that, too. You know, it can be awkward to sit down to Thanksgiving dinner with your banker. And that's kind of what you're doing if you're loaning to somebody. Or also there are miscommunications. I mean, sometimes one party views it as a loan and the other party views it as a gift and the money doesn't get paid back. And it's like, well, wait, you were expecting that money back? Um, That gets back to this idea of don't lend more than you can afford to lose. Maybe there are other ways you can help too. Even if it's not monetary, maybe it's offering connections, maybe it's offering other advice or support, or you know, more and more young adults are living at home. I, I know there are costs associated with that, but it's probably cheaper than your parents, say, footing the bill for your apartment. So um, all different trade-offs, but yeah. I think all of it needs to be under the guise of communication and uh, coming up with a plan for being more self-sufficient and independent. Yeah. even if it's not right now. I, yeah, that's a, a good point, too, and, and worth considering that it may not necessarily be a, a financial need that they ultimately have. Maybe it's just a little guidance on how to better manage their money, and that if you can uh, help them with in that respect, uh, then maybe it won't cost you anything out of your pocket. I do think that financial literacy starts at home because it's really not taught very often in schools. Now, I know money is a tough issue for a lot of people to talk about, and many parents may not be all that forthcoming with these kind of details or or may not be confident. But I think that you do need to have these conversations. I think money can be too much of a taboo sometimes, and if it's in the shadows, that's really not helping anyone. I think it's important to be honest about your situation really on both sides of this. I mean, a young adult who might need some help, but also parents who may not be in the best position to lend this sort of assistance. I I just think you need to be honest about it. And uh, as we all know from numerous other studies, uh, uh, a lot of us are not necessarily in much better of a position in terms of our long-term financial health, even in adulthood. So uh, certainly a point well taken there. And and going back to something you were uh, mentioning a little bit earlier, you also asked the question of when should your adult children be able to stand on their own without your help. Has that mindset changed from where it used to be in previous generations? There's a really interesting disconnect there. Yeah, boomers, generally speaking, say that kids should be financially independent about two years earlier than Mm. Gen Zers do. So, for example, we asked about things like cell phone bills and car insurance, housing costs, health insurance. Like, when do you think somebody should start paying these on their own? And generally speaking, boomers gave answers along the lines of 19, 20, 21. Gen Zers, though, said 21, 22, 23. It was interesting. In almost every category, there was about a two-year gap. And part of that, I'm sure, goes back to the fact that, as you said, things are, are much more expensive now. There are a lot more obligations that young people have with student loans and so on than maybe what they had generations ago. But there is also, it seems, uh, a bit of a mindset shift there as well. Again, uh, Senior Industry Analyst Ted Rossman of the Bankrate is with us uh, this morning. And uh, you've got uh, all of the data broken down on this study at your website, right? 
We do. Yeah, we have more on this at Bankrate.com and also advice for how to help with some of these challenges, whether that's paying off credit card debt or saving for retirement, buying a home, stuff like that. We want to help our kids, but we don't want to put ourselves in a tough spot by doing so. Ultimately, again, uh, Ted Rossman with us this morning, Bankrate.com. Ted, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. So happening around town this coming weekend, City Mission is putting the pedal down on a brand new event. It is the Break the Cycle of Homelessness Bicycle Tour. And Sharon Wise is with us with more details in the studio this morning. Sharon, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. And thank you for the goodie bag. We appreciate it. They're very nice. You're going to be handing those out? Uh, yes, those are uh, okay, what we're giving good. all of our cyclists. Very um, good. And thank you for having me here. This yeah. Uh, so break the cycle of homelessness. Um, first of all, talk a little bit about the uh, impetus uh, for the uh, for this event. Well, the City Mission has a bike program that we try to help our guests that stay there with transportation to get to employment appointments anywhere. We give you just fill out an application. We give you a really great bike. We have volunteers that come in, refurbish the donated bikes, get them ready, get them bike psych, road ready. We put lights on them, give them locks. They're responsible for them. But it's a way to give them independence. Yeah. So when we decided to d- try a new event, um, we were t- throwing around a few ideas. We thought, you know what? Let's do a cycling event. Finley sure. hasn't had one. I, you know what? I, I would guess that there are probably uh, more than a few people who aren't even aware that that is a program uh, that you have. Yeah, we have a lot of people that come um, that they donate bikes, but they just don't know that this is the program. Yeah, Um, it's kind of yeah. We do. I mean, we have transportation. We help people get to jobs, but it's great when they want to do it themselves, and it gives them that independence to get where they need to be. Certainly, this is uh, a lot uh, more uh, affordable and sustainable than you know giving someone a car, for example. I mean, this is, and it still provides that uh, ability to get around. Yes. um, Um, we have one guest in particular, I just, he comes to mind. Um, he's had a bike for a while and he works at McDonald's. And even during the snowstorms we were having, he still rode his bike because <laughs> he's like, no, I can, do, we, you know, do you want to ride? No, I got this. I can do this myself. And That's, it's, it's it great. does instill some of that independence. Yes. And yeah, uh, which goes to the mission of City Mission. Uh, yes. Very, uh, very much so. So uh, this event, it's actually coming up on Saturday, right? Yes. Um, we have registration starts at 7 a.m. Okay. Shotgun starts at 8.30. The mayor will be there for the shotgun start. Mm-hmm. Um, the last rider will be allowed on the course by 10.30. Okay. As they come back in, we will have a barbecue and everything for them. And the starting point is First Presbyterian Church. They're being so kind to host everything for us. Awesome. Uh, so food, we definitely want to mention there's food involved. So, oh, yes. Uh, Moncure Bakery is also baking us cookies for the event, too. Awesome. Okay. So we're sold now. Yeah. <laughs> the response to this has been terrific. Yes, we've actually, it's been shared lots of times. We're getting writers from states, Pennsylvania. We've wow. had a couple that have reached out from Indiana, Michigan, um, we have some veterans that are coming in that have uh, recumbent bikes, and they have the veteran flags on them. So we're Very really excited. Cool. We have some volunteers with the Liberty Benton SOS programs, which is Students for Soldiers. Mm-hmm. They're coming out. So it's going to be a really great event, an well, interesting event. We certainly know that uh, homelessness among the veterans is an ongoing concern. So it, is, it certainly yes. uh, makes sense. And I, I was looking at the uh, amount uh, raised uh, from the website. It looks like you've mm-hmm. already exceeded what you would hope yes. to, to do. So that is certainly got to be good news. It is. It yeah. is amazing. We have 
had, I checked this morning, we had three more that registered just this morning. So. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so it's $40 yes. uh, for the, and there are a number of different routes, right? Or there are a couple mm-hmm. of different routes. We have a 15K, which is our short route for families and experienced riders, just your average ride around town. Mm-hmm. That one it will actually head out towards the University of Finley's Esquarian the okay. horse farm. Okay. Um, the other one is a 60K and 100K. So the experienced riders do the 100K. It's their warm-up for their really big events for the summer. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to put myself in the frame of mind of doing 100K as a warm-up. A yes. 100K yes. as a warm-up. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's the message I keep getting. It's like, this is our warm-up ride. <laughs> Excuse me? I'm sorry? Uh, but it, again, like you said, there's something for everyone so yes. entire families can, uh, can take part. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll have uh, break tables along the way. Um, we have several small towns that are getting involved as well. Bluffton, Mount Corey. Yeah, that's kind of the, um, that's kind of a cool thing. On the routes, you can stop in, visit the coffee shops. Um, they've given us coupons to put in the bags for the riders. So Very cool. Stop off and have a coffee, have a donut, and then get back on the route. And <laughs> uh, it's just a, a really neat way of spending an afternoon, uh, mm-hmm. just a sense of community, and again, raising money for a good cause. Yes. Um, a lot of uh, great support from a number of sponsors. Yes. Uh, um, as well. We've got Cycle Works, and Dave's Running is our major sponsors. Mm-hmm. We have It Is Finished Woodworking, um, the Finley Martial Art Academy. Marketing Caffeine, and Keepsake Portraits. Um, Keepsake Portraits, um, one of the owners of that is actually a cyclist, and he was the one that was so nice and did all the routes to make sure they were safe uh-huh. for the riders. So. Yeah, this, uh, this is, you've got them all mapped out, and they'll mm-hmm. be uh, marked. and. Yep, we'll be that, going so. out Friday to mark the routes, sweep okay. the corners for the riders. Um, mm-hmm. It's also going to be available on Ride GPS, which a lot of experienced cyclists use that, but we're going to print the routes as well. Okay. Um, Visit Finley has been really great about helping us advertise and stuff too as well. So again, the now the, the funds from this, Mm-hmm. Uh, are going to be are they just go into the general fund or are they earmarked for something uh, in particular like to support the uh, bicycle program part of it's going to be helping the bicycle program and part of it is actually earmarked just to help general funds for the mission yeah um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot nope. but just to kind of emphasize the the need how many individuals do you help at city mission? in the average like week month year however you break it down i mean i again i don't mean to put you on the spot yeah. but i mean last year we've actually fed we had a hundred and thirty thousand meals that we gave out wow that okay. again just something to That's, give people I mean, a perspective. between our guests that stay with us and our community window which anybody can come to our community window we have people that they're not homeless but they're trying to decide between paying their electric bill or feeding their families sure um but we did over 130 hundred and thirty thousand meals last wow. year um, at any given time, we can house up to 125 people. Yeah. Um, and our family units have been full uh, last six months, and we mm. have four family units, and they have been Goodness. full with the waiting list. Yeah. So just to kind of emphasize yeah. the need for it this is. and why this is so important, still an opportunity to mm-hmm. sign up. Um, yes. And can you register day of? Yes, we okay. can. Yep. All right. So uh, if you Find yourself with nothing to do on Saturday. Saturday. All all starts when? Give us the uh, details here. Okay, so um, we will start registration at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning at First Presbyterian Church. Okay. Shotgun starts, it is at 8.30 with the mayor shooting us off. Last rider will be allowed on the course at 10.30 because we have to finish it up. So, um, but yeah, just come on out. 
We'll have Cycle Works there to check your bike over to make sure it's road ready. Oh, and cool. Head on out and, and enjoy the day. And then food afterwards. And we will so, have a barbecue afterwards it, for everybody coming back in. Can't beat that. And if you don't want to ride, we still need a few volunteers. You can pop in and volunteer for the day. Awesome. Uh, so everyone can participate. And uh, the weather, maybe not as nice as last week, but it, it shouldn't be too awful. No, bad, it's so. not going to be too awful. A little chillier. Um, yeah. Let's all say a little. Actually, that's hope. probably not bad. I mean, if you're, yes. you're going to be bicycling 100 mm-hmm. Kilometers, or not even a hundred. Because yes. again, there's a fifty, a sixty, a fifteen, a sixty, and a yes. hundred. But you know, you don't want it to be unbearably hot. So. Correct. <laughs> uh, we've got a link up on our webpage for more information. Goodmornings.net. Again, Sharon Wise with us. The Break the Cycle of Homelessness Bicycle Tour coming up this Saturday for City Mission. Thanks very much for dropping by. We Thank you for having it. me. Twenty years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on thirteen thirty WFIN WFIN.com and ninety five five. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A homicide suspect in North Carolina uh, was released accidentally on, uh, well, last week. I'm not sure exactly what day uh, it happened. Uh, Really big snafu here. Big oops. The North Carolina uh, Department of Corrections. Actually, it uh, originated with the with the court system an incorrect court order indicated that charges against Jalen Noah Davis had been dropped and as a result he was released um oh i guess it says it was on thursday it was he was <laughs> an incorrect court order indicated the charges had been dropped he was released then on thursday mecklenburg county sheriff gary mcfadden took to twitter to explain that Mr. Davis then, on Friday, turned himself back in. <laughs> After being released accidentally, he realized that uh, he shouldn't have been, I'm sorry, I should be in custody. He turned himself back in at the detention center the very next day. Uh, Sheriff McFadden says, I'm grateful that it appears no one was harmed as a result of this mishap. Mr. Davis scheduled to appear in court later today. That's crazy. I mean, kudos for his honesty. I don't know that we can forgive necessarily the murder charge, but, you know, might have bought himself some goodwill with the court. I don't know. He actually turned himself back. That's what we need. We need more honest criminals. Uh, let's see. Did you hear about this story out of Eugene, Oregon? This actually made um, some headlines over the weekend. I heard about this. Colin Davis McCarthy Made it rain $100 bills. Made it rain. Uh, Apparently, Mr. McCarthy uh, was driving down Interstate 5 in Eugene, Oregon, when he started throwing fistfuls of cash from his car window. Of course, that caused all kinds of traffic issues. People stopping to scoop up the money. In all, he dispensed, in his own unique way, $200,000. Two hundred thousand dollars claiming that he just wanted to bless others. But here's the kicker. Apparently, the money was not his, or at least it was not exclusively his. Uh, Upon investigating the uh, situation, Oregon State Police reported the cash came from an account that Mr. McCarthy shared with his other relatives (laughs) and his other relatives did not authorize this uh, unique cash dispensation. And they want their money back. 
So now they're asking for anyone who collected the cash to turn it over to police. (laughs) Uh, But here's the thing. Since Mr. McCarthy does actually have access to the account that he withdrew the funds from, he's not going to be charged with any crime. You're still looking to get, get the cash back. Good luck with that is all I have to say. Um, speaking of unusual money stories, most of us, most of us don't like carrying even a pocket full of change. I have a little bit of change maybe in our pocket, just, you know, in case we need it for whatever reason. But most of us don't like a bunch of change in our pocket, right? Uh, but a group of robbers in Philadelphia decided to carry off not just a pocket, not just pocketfuls of change, but a whole trailer full. Police are searching for suspects after a major small change heist last week, in which in which at least ten criminals broke into a tractor trailer parked at a Walmart parking lot and carried off. Get this over two million dimes. Which, again, if you do the math, works out to around $200,000 in dimes. In dimes. Police arrived at the scene on Friday morning to find the trailer, which was holding over three quarters of a million dollars in dimes total, busted wide open. They were trying to crossload the dimes into other vehicles, one officer said. And as a result, there are dimes all over the parking lot. The coins had apparently been picked up from the Philadelphia Mint and then left in the lot while the truck driver got some sleep before driving them to Florida. And it's fairly common. We see it in the Walmart parking lots uh, here in in Philly, especially on on Trenton Avenue right off the interstate. Trucks will pull off and they'll uh, spend the night in the the parking lot when they need some rest and... (laughs) apparently this truckload of dimes somebody knew that this uh truckload with a three quarters of a million dollars in dimes was there and they decided to rip it off wow how much time must that have taken to steal two hundred thousand dollars worth of dimes and the and the truck driver didn't even wake up what was it's weird but (laughs) how do do you get rid of two hundred or uh, $200,000 in dimes. <laughs> you can go into the bank and say, I'd like to cash this in, please. I'd like to exchange these two million dimes. $200,000. Uh, weird. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is a, a little odd from Annapolis, Maryland. News reports are that uh, police have arrested Mark Stewart Brown for allegedly robbing a woman at her home last week after they went on a date. I'm guessing the date didn't go well. Uh, Arrest records show Mr. Brown accused the woman of stealing his phone, then pulled a handgun and took her phone as collateral to get his back. Now, whether or not that's accurate or not, I have no idea. What makes this story really interesting (laughs) is that Mr. Brown is the principal of the Phoenix Academy (laughs) in Annapolis (laughs) and is also a part-time lecturer at Morgan State University. You would think he would know better. 
<laughs> the principal at the school. Oh, he is charged with, let me see, I get this uh, all right, armed robbery, assault, and handgun charges. So. <laughs> Probably is no longer the principal at uh, that academy there in Annapolis, Phoenix Academy in Annapolis. Um, couple of other uh, items here in the broken news this morning. An 81-year-old man from Port Orange, New Jersey. Is that what it is? Uh has been arrested uh, for a nationwide series of scams, but it turns out, so they arrested him as a for scamming people, uh, but it turns out he may have been the one who was ultimately scammed himself. Bobby Crosby allegedly defrauded victims and accepted money, gift cards, and Venmo payments by pretending to be a family member or telling them that they, uh, that they owed money of some kind, an unpaid bill or whatever. You know, those familiar scams, they ask you to pay via gift cards or Venmo payments. Uh, So police caught up with him, and uh, Mr. Crosby actually did admit to receiving the money and other items, but he claims that he was accepting the funds on behalf of a woman he met through Facebook, (laughs) and he didn't keep any of it. Uh, Mr. Crosby deposited most of the money into his own account and then forwarded the funds to Bitcoin accounts for the woman that he met online. <laughs> so it turns out he, she was the real scammer, and he was just a flunky. Uh, police report from uh, some weeks ago shows that Mr. Cosby, uh, Mr. Crosby was scammed himself by this uh, online Bitcoin investor, quote-unquote investor. Oh, man. (laughs) He was the one that was getting scammed in the end. Okay. And how about this? An odd story out of Michigan where Don Powell, and I'm not sure exactly uh, where in Michigan this is, but uh, Don Powell last summer found two dolls in his mailbox. Now, his mailbox is actually built to look kind of like his home. It's, uh, you know, just a, it looks like a a miniature version of his own home, complete with the little windows and, you know, the whole thing. It looks like a miniature replica of his own home. And so apparently somebody thought uh, it would be funny to put a couple of dolls in his mailbox with a note that uh, says, we've decided to live here. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Mr. Powell let the dolls that he named Mary and Shelly Uh, stay inside the mailbox. Soon, furniture began to appear. (laughs) Mary and Shelly now have a rug, artwork, even a bed. Back around Halloween, someone swapped the dolls for skeletons, but then the dolls were back in time for Christmas. So far, no one has claimed responsibility. But Mr. Powell says he does not mind. I'm kind of enjoying the mystery. He's... He's got dolls living in his mailbox. I just thought that was rather cute. There you go. Uh, Some of the uh, odd and unusual stories in the uh, news headlines this morning. Uh, This uh, broken news report, and we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. 
They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. A new report out from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last week attaches some hard numbers to a really problematic trend that we saw spike during the pandemic, and that is increase in the number of suicides. According to the CDC, there were 48,183 individuals who died by suicide in 2021. That's up 4.7% from 2020. It's the highest number recorded since 2018. Both males and females saw similar rates of increase, but this continues to be more prevalent in males across all age groups. But what's really interesting in uh, in this number, um, suicide now the second leading cause, or at least was 2021, the second leading cause of death for Americans between the ages of 10 to 34. Uh, four in 10 U.S. adults reported symptoms of anxiety or a depressive disorder during the pandemic. That's an increase from one in 10 who reported similar symptoms Uh, In 2019, so went from 1 in 10 to 4 in 10. Big jump. The impact on young adults was particularly severe. According to uh, data from Boston College in 2021, rates of depression and anxiety rose 61% and 65% respectively among those ages 18 to 29 during the first year of the pandemic. So again, this is attaching some hard numbers to what we kind of anecdotally saw during the course of the pandemic, but we know that it's not just our imagination. It is much more prevalent now. And again, remind you, if you are struggling with thoughts of suicide or worried about a friend or a loved one, you can call the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988. Dial 988 for free confidential emotional support 24 hours a day seven days a week and of course there are lots of local resources as well so finally we can say that spring is here we got a good dose of it last week and even though today may feel much different it won't be long before the sunshine and warm weather are back for good and joining us this morning with what you need for refreshing your wellness routine and for this transition into the new season is beauty wellness and lifestyle expert grace gold grace thanks very much for uh, taking the time we all want to obviously feel our best as we enter the spring season what is your top tip for making that happen yes well you know chris a lot of people are thinking about blue light this these days and how it affects our wellness routines so a great way to boost your wellness routine this spring is to protect yourself from blue light for better sleep and reduced eye strain now a great way to do that is with zenny block lenses they really are a spring wellness essential for both adults and kids Now, they help block blue light emitted from phones, tablets, and other digital screens, which have been linked to disrupted sleep, tired eyes, blurred vision, and more. Now, block lenses can be added to almost any pair of Zenni frames, including prescription. 
prescription or non-prescription glasses and sunglasses. And I love that there are more than 3,000 frames and stylish collections to choose from, so you can express your personal style with prices that won't break the bank. Absolutely. Want to make sure that we are feeling our best. Let's talk about looking our best. Uh, you've got some stuff here for keeping our uh, our hair and uh, its best smooth, hydrated, our best looks for the uh, spring season. Yes, and as we head into spring, you know, so many people, they want to use products made with natural ingredients. And that's why I love Maui Moisture's Coconut Milk Shampoo and Conditioner. Now, this is really ideal for wavy to tightly curled hair uh, with ingredients that provide up to 50 times softer and smoother curls just in time for that warmer weather. It's blended with 100% aloe as the first ingredient, which moisturizes, strengthens, and helps with frizz control. There's also coconut milk, guava extract, and mango butter in this. And not only does it make your hair look amazing, I have to tell you, it smells amazing. Think coconut, floral, and woody notes that are just so perfect for spring and summer. I was going to say, uh, you know, that's like the perfect uh, fragrance for spring. I mean, you just can't help but feel in that mood for the uh, warmer weather. What other essentials do you have for us here? Yes, well, Chris, you know, we become more active as it gets warmer outside, but for a lot of people, that can mean more muscle pain, stiffness, and bruising. So whether you're exercising, maybe you're doing yard work or home improvement projects, having a pain relief gel on hand is really key. And unlike other over-the-counter pain relief gels, Boron Arnicare Gel not only relieves muscle pain, it also relieves swelling from injuries and discoloration from bruises. It's made from a type of mountain daisy called Arnica, and it's so convenient because you can take it as a very first sign of pain and bruising. I love that it's fragrance-free, so you can use it discreetly without that medicinal smell, and it's non-greasy, absorbs quickly, so you can feel better faster and really just a great wellness addition to your medicine cabinet. Terrific stuff there. And I guess we would also be remiss if we didn't mention some of those uh, essentials. We talk about it every year, especially about this time, uh, with respect to sunscreen, moisturizers, taking care of your skin when we're out soaking up more sun. Absolutely. And I do recommend that when you look for a moisturizer, look for a facial moisturizer that has your sunscreen in there. You want to look for SPF 30 or more, which is what all dermatologists recommend for the proper protection. And that way, it's just one product that is both moisturizing your skin and giving you your sun protection. And and men and women should be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that idea. Just one and done. So make it as easy as possible. Makes it a lot less likely that we're going to forget or we're going to skip it when we're busy. Again, uh, beauty and wellness lifestyle expert Grace Gold with us this morning talking about uh, some of the things we need to have on hand for this transition into the new spring season. And Grace, where do we get more information? Sure, you can go to d6news.com slash beauty and wellness. We'll get a link up on our webpage as well. Grace, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy spring. Happy spring. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning, of course. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, few people... Coming up tomorrow on the program, few people are as revered in the annals of history like inventors, but not everyone can be the next Wright Brothers or... Thomas Edison. 
but they all deserve the same kind of protection for their inventions because you never know. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.